I thought you had like evidence for that first claim. <laughs> no, I just have a conspiracy theory. Oh man. I mean, what is evidence really? Hey, Zach. Hey, Sirtis. The disdain in your voice is still there. Right. <laughs> it's going to be there for a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got some follow-up. Yeah. So my dad wrote me an email, because that's how we communicate, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, telling us about how he spends his time, which we talked about uh, two episodes ago, I think. Yes. We're just going to... We can just read the email. Thanks for using Sirtis's dad to reference me on the podcast. I am taking a trust fall here by entering into the Worrying Bugs universe, despite not being able to access the Worrying Bugs Reddit as requested. To the point, I have shut down Twitter use almost completely as of a year ago. With the newly found free time, I have been sending messages to marginal podcasts, carving small animals out of Brillo pads, and supporting Big Dairy by blogging about how lactose intolerance has not been proven scientifically. (laughs) (laughs) The question of how I am not going to cannibalize my own brain and not be an off-the-radar loon is still to be answered. So, there you have it, folks. That's what Sirtis' dad does with his time. No, you were all curious. Um... Can we can we see his blog? Is his blog accessible? Where he blogs about uh, the inaccuracy of uh, lactose intolerance? You know, I think it would be a fun challenge for our listeners to just try to try to find my dad's blog. See if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do, you uh, we'll give you a free subscription to our after show. Yeah. If you find my dad's what was it lactose La- blog? Yeah, he he <laughs> lactose he <blogs> supporting. About- <laughs> But yeah, his big dairy blog. Yeah, his big dairy blog. So if you find my dad's big dairy blog, you get a free subscription to our after show. If you find a small dairy blog, it doesn't count. You got to find the big one. So Sirtis, one of the other podcasts that I listen to, actually, I don't listen to it, but I was considering listening to uh, was the Beef and Dairy Network. Yes, yes, I have heard of it. Uh, which is about big dairy but I think it's a comedy podcast. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. The, um, I've looked into it because I wanted to make sure we were the best milk and dairy podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so obviously their podcast came up there. I think they're on Maximum Fun. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, they are a comedy podcast. I don't think they actually cover milk politics to any real degree, although I have not listened to it ver- very much. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't get a chance to listen because I'm pretty sure it's only available on Spotify. Is that right? No, that's not right. Okay. White lies are fine in the context of segues. <laughs> no, Zach, you have to tell me the truth. We're, we're on a podcast. And that's a bim-bam reference. Are you caught up on that? No. Okay. I'm listening to the Chapo Trap Houses from July right now. <laughs> They're like, man, I really hope this Alexia Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lady wins something. I'm mad, Zach. Mm -hmm. I know it doesn't sound like it because for whatever reason, I'm not in the ranty mood, but I think I'm going to turn into that pretty soon. So, Sirtis, I was thinking maybe we should stick our podcast on Spotify. That would be a great idea. We would get out to more people. We would um, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the other benefits are. I haven't really looked it up, but I know that you have some strong opinions based on the fact that you said no before I had even finished my sentence. Worrying Bugs is not going to be on Spotify. I, I strictly forbid it. We'll reach, we'll reach an audience then. That's the, the tipping point. That's the missing piece. It might be, you know? Who knows? But I'm willing to risk that because... Okay, so one of the many things that I love about podcasts and podcasting is the simple fact that there are no corporate or government entities controlling the entire platform. Mm-hmm. If you don't agree with Apple's business practices, you don't have to be on the directory. You don't have to be on anyone's directory for people to listen to you. Podcasts are just fancier RSS feeds, so you can just type a URL into your podcast player and it will play it. Right. Or you don't even have to have a podcast player. You can just go onto a website. It's a bad idea. Don't do that. But like you can. I'm a I'm an I'm a podcast purist. I only ever go directly to their XML RSS feed. Copy and paste the link and download it onto the the files directory that is so well manicured. Yeah, well manicured on my phone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so because of all that, I have a problem with people who do not make podcasts making money off of podcasts. Yes. Okay, I follow. What about Shifty Jelly? I don't know what that is. That's the people who make pocket casts. Okay, well, here's the next, the next part of this, right? So podcast players are an actually pretty important part of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I use Overcast as my podcast player because I really like the way it works. The guy who makes it really cares about podcasting and the business model is respectful of the ideals of the platform. Yeah. So there are small visual unobtrusive advertisements that you can pay extra to turn off. Apple also has a good business model regarding podcasts. Their podcast player sucks, but they make their money when you buy the phone to listen to podcasts on. So the directory is free, there's an open API, and the restriction on what podcasts can and can't be uh, listed are fairly reasonable. They're just like no hate speech and no copyright infringement and otherwise Mm. illegal things. But you can talk about illegal things. You can talk about doing illegal drugs. They don't care about that as long Mm. as you aren't like... Linking where to buy them. Yeah, that kind of thing. And... Apple's podcast directory, don't tell Apple, but their podcast directory is so big that it is difficult to manage that kind of thing. Yes. For example, what was it? Uh, Infowars? Right. They were doing hate speech for a while and Mm -hmm. they were huge. Like there was a really big audience and they still like they were on there for a long time. Yeah. They are not anymore. So Spotify, on the other hand, doesn't make their money in any way except making their users listen to ads and selling them premium subscription subscriptions to get rid of the ads, which I don't have a problem with. I have a little bit of a problem with audio ads in a podcast medium, but uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a decent business model. The service they provide is a platform that you can find podcasts on and you can play podcasts on. They make the app and they make the back end to deliver the audio to the app. Right. The thing that Spotify, Stitcher, and probably a few other people do, or few entities do, is host exclusive content that the rest of the podcasting ecosystem can't listen to. Or they get like exclusive deals, so maybe an episode gets released earlier yeah. on their platform. A podcast I like is called My Dad Wrote a Porno, mm-hmm. and they did a Christmas episode that came out on December 1st. 
on on Spotify and December 16th on every other platform. Yeah. I understand why and I understand the I understand why you would want to do something like that. It's a good way to make money exclusive content. Yeah. But I don't like it because it's the first step towards a corporate entity controlling the medium that I love. But no one's ever going to stop you from making a podcast. No, but no one's stopping me from putting a video on a blog, but I can't get, I won't get as many. If if in people's heads, web video just means YouTube, or if in people's heads, podcast just means Spotify. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I made a comparison. If podcasting is like the internet, say, Spotify is Facebook. Spotify is trying to close their ecosystem so that you spend you can do everything from spotify you can do everything from facebook you can watch videos you can do all this stuff you can um you can't watch youtube videos but you can make them into facebook videos so you can just stay on facebook and it's a better experience per if you aren't linking around but you could just integrate youtube videos into facebook yep but they made iframes for a reason yep so um, that's my that's my issue. Like cl- making podcasting into a business for mm-hmm. non content creators is I, I don't like it because it feels like they're just profit driven, and the only ways like if a podcast creator was profit driven, that's fine because you make profits by making better podcasts, presumably. Right. But if Spotify was profit driven, and it is they're that makes them more likely to just make their walled garden even more closed Mm -hmm. and not to make anything necessarily better yeah i think the ecosystem of of podcasting is worse for spotify's exclusive deals i don't like if if spotify wants to make a podcast player i don't have a problem with that if they want to only let you listen to podcasts that they approve I have a tiny bit of a problem with that, but not a huge problem with that. I have a big problem with that, actually, because Spotify won't even let you configure your Spotify to only play, like, child-friendly content. Hmm. There's no switch to be like, hey, I'm running an event for 12-year-olds. Please no songs with explicit tags. There's no setting for that. But somehow... Even though music is this wonderful free thing, they think the podcasts need this restriction and you need to submit a formal complaint. And I mean, they've lightened up since they started doing podcasts. It used to be like you have to be over a certain million listeners or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you can pretty much submit whatever to Spotify. They have similar rules to Apple, but what you can't do is exit Spotify. Like once you start listening on Spotify and you get used to their exclusive content and stuff, you can't stop using Spotify. Isn't the same true of Apple? Does Apple not make any exclusive podcasts? No. Really? Yeah, no, they are um, exclusively a podcast directory and player for pod- as far as I know, at least. Yeah, no, I don't see anything either. And while Apple's podcast app is not good, <laughs> it, it's, it's something and it's free and there's no ads on it. Mm-hmm. They're not making money other than selling you phones. And so like Pocket Casts, they make money. Uh, do they have a paid app or is it ads? Yeah, it's a $3 one-time fee. Yeah, so I don't have a problem with that either because they think 
while they are they could be profit dri- driven, what they're not doing is aff- negatively affecting the podcasting world. And yeah. because all they're doing is making a podcast player and with some features maybe, but it, that doesn't restrict you from listening mm-hmm. to another to some podcast yeah you can add literally any rss feed because they're not hosting the content it's not their fault if something is naughty exactly and like overcast overcast and apple Podcasts, actually like they both took infowars off their directory Mm -hmm. but you can still type in the infowars url you can still listen to infowars if you really want to i don't recommend it so what you're saying is RSS is good, and we should go back to the old internet. Mm. <laughs> I'm saying that walled gardens is a bad thing for podcasts. Is it a good thing for something? It's good for Facebook making money and YouTube making money, and YouTube one uh, one of its uh, values to the viewer. And the creator, the creator doesn't have to host a website that hosts 4K video. That is a right. part of YouTube that is certainly a service mm-hmm. and that they deserve to make money off of because it is valuable. They also have algorithms to recommend videos to people who don't know what to watch, which is also valuable. Right. I Okay, I've been thinking about the YouTube algorithm. This is a very large tangent, but here's the deal. I don't like watch a movie have i already said this i think i've already said this i think it's worth repeating okay i don't watch a movie even if like five people say hey you should check out this movie Mm -hmm. i find myself just like scrolling through youtube's like main page recommended for you page Mm -hmm. and clicking on things and then like getting a minute in and being like wow this is really low effort poorly produced content (laughs) And so why do I let YouTube recommend me those things when, like, if an algorithm was just telling me what I should be reading or what I should be watching, like, video-wise, I don't listen to it at all. Mm -hmm. Hulu has been trying to get me to watch Family Guy since I was, like, 12 years old, and I'm just (laughs) not interested, Hulu. Why can't I just say that and you shut up? So why is it that I let myself be pulled in by that algorithm of just, hey, here's this thing that might be cool? to you. And I think part of it is that for a while the algorithm did mean, hey, people you subscribe to liked these videos. Right, right. Which is basically the same as looking on Goodreads and seeing who liked the books, who of my friends liked the books. Mhm. But at some point it just became like these are the 100 videos that are the most popular right now and have okay. keywords similar to ones you clicked on recently. Yeah, there's certainly a YouTube has two goals and they aren't always in line with each other. One is to have a good experience for you, the viewer, and the other is to make money. So the algorithm has to balance. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also safe to say a lot of other people liked these videos. So you will probably stay on YouTube if you click on this video. Yeah. The thing is like the reason I don't like YouTube in general and Facebook and all that is that you can't, watch a youtube video in anywhere else but youtube Mm -hmm. there's nowhere i can go like or there's nowhere i should be able to go there's lots of pirating but 
or freebooting or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You got to get ISH on your iPad and well, yeah, but download YouTube. The the next thing I would like to say is that what YouTube is doing is far better than what Spotify is doing because what YouTube is doing is taking some of the advertising money for themselves, most of it, mm-hmm. but also giving some to the creators. Yeah. Spotify is not doing that. Oh. Spotify's not giving money to the creators, right? I have no clue, but yeah, maybe, or they only give you the money if you're in that premium yeah. uh-huh. pre-release deal or yeah, whatever. You can, you, can only, you can only get money from Spotify <clears throat> if you are only on Spotify, which is not how podcasts work. Yeah. Because you know what? Podcasts are like 50 megabytes for like <laughs> an hour of talking. Uh-huh. A 4K YouTube video for an hour, that's like, what, seven terabytes? Yeah. It's not quite that much, but you know what I'm trying to say. Most of the effort gets put in at the content end and not at the distribution end. Yeah. As opposed to YouTube, which, like, I think, from what I've heard, is still not profitable because they're still dealing with distribution issues because people just want (laughs) higher and higher quality video, even though the content itself isn't getting significantly better. Yeah, so I, I just Spotify's on my blacklist for corporate corporations, hmm. along with Facebook, and um, there was another one. I should probably actually write them down. An interesting thing, though, is that I do trust Spotify when it comes to music. When it comes to like algorithmically recommending me music, partially just because it's shown that it's good at that like that is their main business model is being good at showing people what music they might like i agree but zach i have to make some i used to use spotify for music i now use apple music Mm -hmm. and they were really really good at recommending music uh they much better than apple is right now Mm -hmm. but I think the problem with all these streaming services is that they're not giving sufficient funds to the creators. Okay. Right. There's a whole thing when, when Apple music came out when, cause like artists were like, Hey, if you're, if we're going to be on Apple music, we got to get paid some more because this is ridiculous. We're getting fractions of fractions of fractions of cents per thousand plays. Mm -hmm. I also don't think Taylor Swift needs another yacht. So like, no, but a, a, a smaller band does yeah they they only have one yacht right now they need another yacht <laughs> or like a pair of drumsticks i know i know <laughs> it, it is unfortunate that the nature of having a lot of content in the world is such that discoverability is low yes and it is unfortunate that the only way to get podcasts or discover podcasts is through a is either word of mouth which is inefficient we'll say Mm -hmm. or some big complicated algorithm that is closed and making money for someone what was there was there was the podcast social network where you talk about you you post about the podcast you're listening to uh what was it called the other thing i mean that'd be great like seeing what it, my it friends like are listening to, but good read podcast type deal. Mm-hmm. Then that'd be great. But 
the thing is, you are the only other person I know personally mm-hmm. who listens to podcasts that I like. Okay. Uh, my my point is that people have bad taste in podcasts. Okay. And like the reason for a recommendation algorithm is for for it to say, oh, they like to listen to pod trash. So let's recommend more pod trash. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, oh, Sirtis likes to listen to really good podcasts. He has great taste in podcasts. Let's recommend more great podcasts. Which is one of the good things, I think. This is a rant for another time. We don't need to get entirely into it. But I think is one of the good things about podcast networks is that if I enjoy one thing from Relay FM, I can trust that whoever is like saying yay or nay on what goes on Relay FM has similar, like is going to be pretty consistent about the kinds of things that they keep on their network. Like Maximum Fun, even if it's not all exactly the same voice, it's all similar like styles and you can make certain assumptions about a podcast based on the network it's on. And you also can look at a lot of different shows just by looking at the one centralized network page, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is exclusionary then to every podcast that isn't on a network. Zach, stop. Okay. (laughs) It's a rant for another time. There's a little teaser for you folks. God, we got to make fast. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I am too. I'm excited for all of these. I'm like, I, I want to make them. I just don't have time. Like, I do have time, but it's hard to pre-commit to something. Yes. I'm, I've been putting so many things like in my head, just like, oh, okay, I'll be done with drama and then I'll have time to do that. But mm-hmm. then I like actually sat down and figured it out and maybe I'll be getting like 10 hours a week back when I'm done with <laughs> drama. So there's like, maybe two things i could slot into that time but i'm not going to be able to do a billion things just because i'm done with drama Mm -hmm. i'm gonna see if i can get some work done over in winter break because we have i think we have three solid podcast ideas yeah i would like to say though that worrying bugs is not a solid podcast idea but it is so much fun and i have a great time recording it every week and i do not care Mm -hmm. if it's (laughs) yeah no it's it's fun. It's a very good seed podcast for us to be like, okay, so this is how podcasts work. Yeah. And exactly. now we can do something that's a little more streamlined. Mm-hmm. Another great thing about podcasts is that they do not have to be anything, which is why independence from huge platforms is good. There's a pressure. While you don't have to make a YouTube video that you want to get a lot of views, you, we could put like, a worrying bugs esque thing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like we could, we could just, we could have a talk show of some sort or whatever. It doesn't matter. We mm-hmm. could just talk about niche things and we could uh, be just mildly funny on YouTube, but there's a pressure on YouTube. Just the, the culture of YouTube is pressuring you to like, Hey, make money, monetize mm-hmm. this, be able to yeah. be able to monetize this. But there's not that in podcasting because it's independent from this machine. Yes. When you upload a podcast, you don't get 30 things saying, if you tag it more, you'll get better click per million pull through. (laughs) Upgrade your synergy now. (laughs) 
I, I can so I can listen to Reconcilable Differences, which is a podcast with some guy who used to be famous on the internet and some guy who used to have a band or still does have a band. I get confused about that. That's a different one. You're right. Rhetoric on the line is what I meant. Yes. I think he still has a band. I'm not I'm also not entirely sure. For a while I thought The Long Winters was just a really big in joke and they had never released anything until I looked them up on Spotify. <laughs> I thought he was he was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm in a band. It's The Long Winters. We just we're working on an album. Don't worry." <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be a really that's a really funny in joke. I wish I would have thought of that. So I can just listen to a podcast about nothing and people just people I don't know telling stories that I like objectively don't care about, but are interesting regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's my thoughts on podcasting in general. If you have thoughts, please get in contact with me. I am at the puns guy. (laughs) (laughs) Send any negative feedback to at Alex Cox. Yeah. Please do, and also mention that you're there from the Worrying Bugs podcast. So, Sirtis, was your whole, uh, is your whole, like, post-college career plan now to just be an advocate for the free and open web, the, 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 the RSS-ian future? Uh, no, future, but... Days of future RSS past? <laughs> no, but I can certainly imagine myself doing it as a hobby. What do you think you're you're gonna what like thing are you gonna latch on to once you graduate? You mean like a wagon? Like I'm gonna hitch onto a wagon? Um that's not how this works. You hitch your wagon onto something. No, I think you hitch onto the wagon. What do you hitch onto the wagon? Your donkey or whatever. I'm the ass. So you're the ass and you're pulling the wagon now? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the point is that the wag- the wag- your wagon is supposed to be pulled. Yeah, by me. So you're supposed to hitch your wagon to something, and that something pulls you and your wagon. I'm not a freeloader. Fair. <laughs> I still don't... I'm not sure what's going on here. So what's the thing... What is the, the web technology... Or not web... What's the technology that you're going to single-handedly pull from wherever it was to wherever you want to take it by hitching it to... Hitching that wagon to you. <laughs> Do you remember Project Elrond? Yes. That. That? Mm-hmm. That's your whole plan? Um, so what is, are you like doing things? Are you taking steps right now to hitch Project Elrond to your wagon? I don't... Uh, this wait- metaphor is dead. I'm waiting for you to hitch your wagon onto the the ass of your new blogging platform. You're going to be waiting a while. Yeah, but that way I can put the blame on someone else. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, I see. Also, I really want to do it in Python now. I've I've been trying Kotlin, and it's just so... Yeah, go with Python. Py- I just Python's so nice, and everything's a dictionary. <laughs> and that makes so much sense in my brain. Kotlin, it's like, everything's an object. And you're like, okay, that's great, but I just want to take this JSON dump and turn it into a dictionary. And they're like, turn it into an object. And you're like, but then I need to give everything a name. Just let me, let me make a hash map. So that's my complaint about Kotlin in this segment about uh, the, the future of our careers, I guess. Um, I was listening to Under the Radar recently. Uh, it's, a, it's a podcast by Marco Arment the guy who makes that podcast app we were talking about earlier overcast 
and David Smith. Smith. Yes, David Smith. And they were talking about, like, they just kind of caught onto the, like, Marco Armit started at Tumblr right when Tumblr was getting started, and then moved on to Instapaper, and then went to iOS, and he's just been working in iOS since then. And I don't know David underscore Smith whole story, but he is also just like started when iOS got started and you, everybody was making apps for iOS and they've just been going with that this whole time that iOS has been a thing. And they talked about how maybe if you were like just graduating right now, you wouldn't want to hitch your wagon to iOS or Android programming or like the kind of web programming that they did because web 2.0 is is dead right buzzfeed declared it so like a week ago <laughs> when tumblr died and so what do you what do you anticipate in the future being the thing to hitch yourself to do you have something written for this like do you have ideas yeah i've got some ideas okay. i don't have anything in particular but and also what do you think i should hitch myself to for me i am going to Focus on something that I am pretty sure will be around forever, which mm-hmm. is not forever, but like for the foreseeable future, which is the internet and podcasts like blog things, which are independent of a major platform, which may sound like a bad idea. You might be saying, like, oh, Sirtis, you just went on this whole rant about how youtube and spotify are destroying the web and there's nothing we can do about it i don't think you ever said there's nothing we can do about it no but i was thinking it okay (laughs) (laughs) that's fair i have also been thinking it there's nothing we can do about it Mm -hmm. uh, it, like what are we gonna do are we gonna like go to spotify and burn down their servers like no a corporation's gonna corporate so what you gonna do what are you gonna do what i'm gonna do is Make it easy to do all that stuff that Spotify and YouTube do for you yourself. You're going to become the next Blueberry? No, because Blueberry is also doing stuff like that. They have their own little network. Yeah. Which is okay because I don't use it. We only use their little plugin. Yes. Although we do have to deal with them telling us, hey, you should join our little network all the time. I would like to gain independence from major corporations and i would like the people who create the content that i like to consume i would like for them to do the same because i don't want to support youtube but i also want to watch cgp gray videos because i like cgp gray videos cgp gray is one of them that you can do that for that's a bad example you're right well i think that's a great example though because that shows how it is possible how you can follow cgp Mm -hmm. gray's email list and if you like his stuff you can support him on patreon and i do i do support cgp gray on on patreon because i really do value those videos yeah so i would like it to be easier for the average person to sit down make a thing and put it on the internet and be able to maybe not support themselves but at least have fun doing it and not be pressured into making money or making whatever doing whatever like if you want to make money doing podcasting that's fine i don't have a problem with that i don't have a problem with sponsored episodes or anything like that i'm saying that if youtube decides that they don't like your content you shouldn't be reliant on them to make that podcast i guess 
Okay. So moral of the story is, what am I trying to say here, Zach? You're really good at just summing up my thoughts. You're going to hitch your wagon to the pursuit of making sure people can exist outside of the walled gardens that currently comprise the web. Yeah, at least as a hobby. And I would like to make, if I could make money doing that, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. But more than likely, I will end up working for the man. Which man? Hopefully not YouTube, Spotify, or <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> leave leave your job at Facebook, don a mask, and start coding like the the new decentralized web. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if like we start saying things that what service is this again? Uh, where do we host our podcast, Zach? WordPress. Not WordPress. Um, the the actual hosting service. I think you use AWS, but I'm not sure. No, no? it's the it's the ATP one. Linode. Linode, yes. If we start saying things that Linode doesn't like, we can go to another ho hosting service. Until all of them have banned us. Like the And at that and at that point We need to we can, take a long hard look at ourselves and say, Are we Nazis? <laughs> okay, yeah. But like what let's say just for conversation, we, we get banned from every hosting platform and we decide that we're not Nazis. Okay. Then we can still host our own server. Mm -hmm. Until they start DNS blocking us. And if, our, if the true fans really care, they'll go get an IP address. Mm -hmm. Start hosting a podcast through Tor routers. <laughs> And I like that. I like that we can do we can host a podcast through Tor routers. Yeah, and I think that everyone should be able to. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we need a centralized authority to do it. Right. I agree with all of those things. I expected you to say cryptography was the thing you were going to hitch your wagon to. Well, I mean, depends on what week you ask me. Okay. I, I do think crypto. I think in, uh, that's a good one. That's a. I did not think of that because I'm in the. You just ranted about Spotify for half an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I really do like cryptography a lot. I mm. I'm a big proponent of cryptography in general. I think that we should that the average person should have access to a suite of cryptographic tools because if only the people who say things that people don't like, use cryptography, then there is not no point, but less point. Cryptography is in itself incriminating. Yes, I don't. Cryptography should not be incriminating. Yeah. That's why I use a VPN for all traffic, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm ever doing anything wrong, but because that's just like good practice. And if I decide that I want to do something wrong or quote unquote wrong, because I feel it is actually right, mm -hmm. then no one will bat an eye that my traffic is, is encrypted. If the government's like, hey, we should start persecuting people for no reason, and I want to say, hey, that's not cool, I should be able to do that. And I think the best way to that goal is encryption. Mm -hmm. Because encryption is not like a padlock. No matter how many metaphors you use, it is not like a padlock. Because... There is not a padlock on Earth that you can't just cut through in a matter of minutes. I mean, 
at some point encryption does have a weak point. Yeah, but it is at our current level of technology, you would have to boil the oceans before you can break a good encryption. Right. But your password is somewhere in your head. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't have a very high pain tolerance. You can beat my password out of me. You can absolutely take a $5 wrench and just hit me with it until mm-hmm. I get give you the password. But at that point, bets are off at that point. I, you can't secretly do that, though. Right. To me, at least. I construct an elaborate scheme to convince you to go to a hypnotist show. But the hypnotist is also an NSA operative (laughs) who gets your password from you and then wipes your memory. Okay, you know what? (laughs) At that point, you can just have my password because you've also found a hypnotist that does anything to me. (laughs) And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. And also, a word from our sponsors. Alone in a cold, unfeeling universe? Fill the void in your heart with the all-new Buick Enclave. See for yourself. Find false comfort in the illusion of structure and control. The universe is a churning vat of chaos and your life is unimportant. Be content with merely getting by. Try coping with the tedium of existence by sinking thousands of dollars into a machine that will turn to rust as all things will. Hop in and escape to the beach. Let the existential dread wash over you, like the waves on the driftwood-spattered shore. Don't let that virile sun fool you. Ask yourself how it's going to end. We hope your last breath is a sigh of relief. Buick. This has been a word from our sponsors, a poem by Kaylee Yelk, and a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. You didn't say what you were going to hit your wagon to. Right, yeah. That's, it was a teaser. I just forgot okay. to tease them. Okay. <laughs> it was like, hey, we'll, we'll let you know this thing after a word from our sponsors, but I forgot. Yeah. I knew what I was doing. Quick say it, I'll put it somewhere else. Okay, and now I've got uh, some ideas on what I'm going hit, to hitch my wagon to. But before that, here's a word from our sponsors. This is something else I'm going to put before the PSA because I wasn't, now that I had a chance to think about it, I'm, I wasn't quite done. There is one more thing that I can say about cryptography, mm-hmm. which is, and the free and open web, uh, distributed web, I should say. And, and that is that these are all both worthy causes to me. Like, that is probably fairly clear from mm-hmm. the two speeches I just gave. But I would like to say that I do not require something to be a worthy worthy cause to give my my labor to it, I suppose. I don't have a necessarily a problem with working for a corporation. Are you saying isn't a worthy cause? Can I say the word is that allowed? <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Maybe that's too much information. I have no idea what you're talking about. Opsec. Oh, more importantly. I don't have a problem with Right. Like, I would feel bad working at Facebook. Right. I would feel bad working at Spotify because I know, because I think what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, like, we can start getting into, like, what is what is the threshold of wrong that I'm willing to tolerate? 
Would you ever work for Nestle? Is the, is it the food? Yeah, the food company. Okay. They make little snacks and such? Yeah, but also they bottle water and their CEO has like explicitly said that the notion that water is a human right is a radical concept. <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean, I don't know is the answer. Okay. But these are issues that I care about, the the centralized internet. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one of those episodes where I listen back and I'm like, man, none of those words were the words that were supposed to come out of my mouth. Exactly. Okay. And so now this is the PSA has ended now. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it how it is. Not going to cut anything around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So we're just going to put that over there. Just imagine (laughs) that all that was said before the PSA. So I don't have to do as much work. So... It's also, for me, kind of dependent on which day you ask me. But right now, I am interested also in that, like, free and open web. The From, like, the indie web standpoint, that tack of mm-hmm. everybody having their own website just because that makes it easier for nobody to be in direct control. Direct control is bad because you have to put your values onto the thing you make. And if it's all under one guy's control then that guy's values are going to be the values of the platform. Right. Like Facebook's values are yes to dating app, but no to hookup app. That's a news story I like just saw this morning. I don't know the context of it. All right. But also like that's that's the one that I would do from a morality standpoint. Um, but just looking at it, I think that like at an architecture level, parallel processing and co-processing is going to get bigger and bigger. So things like the Apple T1 chip. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be advantageous to understand how that kind of thing works, how that like working with a coprocessor works and how you can maximize that. And also quantum computers are like effectively a coprocessor, but they're a very specialized coprocessor. It would be like learning how to program GPUs. And I think that would be that would be an interesting thing to get into, even though I don't understand enough physics to like really get into it at the moment right but you have a special ability which is that you are a programmer and so therefore you can learn how to do things like that i guess i'm trying to say like the leap from being able to program in python to q sharp q sharp that's what it's called (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> um, that leap is. May, may, I don't know much, very much about quantum processors, mm-hmm. so I can't actually say this for sure. But I think it is a smaller jump from Python to Q Sharp than no programming programming experience to Python. Okay. Because the concepts are going to be the same. Yeah. The logical thinking, the um, problem solving, mm-hmm. that stuff's all the same, regardless of the language you use or the type of processor you're using. Yeah. And picking up new languages is just what a programmer does. Mm -hmm. I think though, it's a jumping to a quantum computer would be like jumping from assembly to C plus plus. It would, it's it's a big jump still. I agree, but doable for sure. Yeah. I think I need to understand more number theory and more string theory to be any sort of effective in the quantum field that's a different thing what's a different thing quantum fields yeah yeah if i want to 
if I personally want to be effective in the quantum field, if I want to make changes at a minuscule level. If you may want to make changes. Yes. <laughs> that's how quantum works, right? You just put a maybe in right. front of everything. Yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's how quantum works. <laughs> There's also um, bars and arrows. These are some things that I know about quantum. Is that there's like a there's like a vertical bar and then your thing and then this this boy uh, a greater than sign. Don't forget about uh, regular expressions. Right. Is that quantum or is that what I'm hitching my wagon to? Make quantum regular expressions. That's oh. your thing. That's your stick. I think that would be an irregular expression. Then. <laughs> Improbable expression. So okay. So the other thing is, I. I'm real grumpy about like non-determinism in computing. So I don't know why I'm looking at quantum computing. It's like, I want a lot of the things I do to be very deterministic because like, it's so much easier to just like, if things are perfectly deterministic, it's just a mathematical proof, but yeah, it's a finite state machine. But if it's non-deterministic, then you just like, what the heck, man? (laughs) So anyway, the duality of man. So talking more generally about hitching your wagon mm-hmm. and we, we've been saying it as like a okay well there's a field of things that people are doing and this kind of thing is going to happen regardless of whether or not we're involved like people are still going to make quantum quantum computers regardless of whether or not zach is involved yeah and to some degree that's true for the free and open web yes Somebody cares along with me. So is there anything that you maybe aren't doing right now, but want to be doing that you, that you don't think will get as much traction without you? Nothing comes to mind when you say that. Mm -hmm. Do you have something like that? No. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But like the whole idea of like, I I screwed up our metaphor earlier Mm -hmm. by saying like, uh, I'm the ass and the wagon is like the technology you're pulling along. Mm-hmm. What you, you meant it as like just putting your wagon onto a technology. Yes. And I was wondering if there was anything that is the opposite of that, that you think that just simply will not happen without you. What will I be the Andy Rubin of? Sure. Um, I just thought of one actually. Ooh. Uh, Project Elrond. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen without me. I don't think it's going to happen with me, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give it my best shot. There's no chance of it happening without you. All right. Bringing us on home with, with the, the recurring segment of things happening in the world of milk politics that I'm a little late on, but just like decided to pay attention to now. So President Donald Trump. Who? Hmm? Who's that? Yeah, right. I know. Just like haven't heard of the guy ever. <laughs> I go on Twitter and it's all just memes and there's no, no Trump. I don't know. Uh, um, so he's sticking with his promise of the U S first. He called it America first, but like, that's a, a weird, a weird thing in the context of replacing NAFTA, which is talking about three different American countries. So he's sticking with his policy of the United States of America first um, in this new NAFTA replacement called Uzmica. <laughs> Perhaps 
it's not supposed to be an acronym, Zach. I think it is. Because <laughs> USMCA doesn't sound much better. I think it sounds much better, actually. USMCA more... sounds like a TV network. Yes. Uzmica sounds like an agreement. Uzmica sounds like you just had a stroke. <laughs> Right, which I think is... Oh, God, I'm not going to get into this. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. I've been mm-hmm. listening to too much Chapo Trap House, dude. Mm-hmm. They've infected me. I've. Oh, God. Okay, so the United States, Mexico, and Canada agreement. Note that not only did the U.S. come first, but also we got the most letters. Okay, but like you said, Zach, we can't just call ourselves America. In this agreement. Right, but the policy is called America First, so I don't know. Yeah, so what do you want want our acronym to be? Do you want it to be U for USA? Yes, because UMCA sounds better than USMCA. There are fewer schwas in UMCA. You're wrong, because it's not supposed to be said like that. UMCA. No. Or actually, then we could change it around, and it could be UCMA. U.S. It's not better. Canada-Mexico agreement. Akma. Also, like, it's such a petty thing that they didn't just go like, oh, it's alphabetical order, or oh, it's north to south order, or whatever. That they were just like, the one in the middle, that's the first one, because we're big. Okay, we don't, this is not the point of this topic, I, so I'm not going to start saying things to you. So anyway, the Umka, or the Akma, Akma. The Akma is pressuring Canada to lift some of their tariffs on U.S. dairy which is expected to expand U.S. access to up to 3.6% of Canada's dairy market, um, which some dude from Cornell University says won't make a very big difference. But I just heard somebody say like, oh, it's making big changes in the dairy industry, so I figured I would check it out. And everything I found was this dude at Cornell and other places saying, it's probably not a big deal. Like, it'll be, it'll make a change, but it's not going to change, like, how the dairy market works right so so why are why is it happening at all do you have a theory because farmers are a minority who can make their voices heard very loudly and most people don't object to it and the u.s has big sticks we can swing around and say listen to us okay could it you know what no never mind i i don't know what i'm talking i don't know what i'm talking about me either. Uh, this, this sounds like a moral victory to me. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Okay. I just didn't have the words moral victory. But yeah, that's, it's a moral victory by way of big stick politics. Yeah. Big stick diplomacy. Yeah. All right. Well, that was one of our more ranty podcasts. Yeah. That was almost entirely rant. Basically. Yep. <laughs> um, so if you have... Uh, those are not words I'm going to say. And if you want to tell me why Spotify is actually doing good things for the podcasting ecosystem, you can uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at...